lots of concerts my wife and I do. Good. something we enjoy. We enjoy Christian music and all the things. But I tell you, there's not a concert that I've been to or an event that I've been able to go to or any kind of entertainment experience, football game, athletic event. And I get excited about those things. I get plugged in. I, I really enjoy it. But there is nothing like being in the presence of the one true God. There's nothing like it. You can't buy that. It's not any ticket that you can buy. Guess what? The good news is, when you come to First Assembly, you get to be here. It's free. Right? Thank you for being here today. I have a fortunate, blessed opportunity to be able to speak to you for a few hours today. I didn't say hours. I meant minutes. Minutes. To get that straight. Coming into Pentecost Sunday, that's something that's coming soon, and we're just going to build on everything. And one of the things I want to speak to you about today is about, and actually they were asking for a title earlier, and I'm like, oh, title, I don't, you know. But so I, I just said, look, is, because this was just what was in my thoughts at the time, and now I've, I've sort of gone to, to this, but I said, is today Easter? That was the title originally, and I sort of changed a little bit. But let me ask you a question. Is today Easter? Okay, I got a little mixture of it. Is today Easter Sunday? So last Sunday we celebrated Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And uh, I just feel like sometimes people, we kind of come to that point, and then, wow, it's Easter Sunday, and all the people come. We have the wonderful production. We have all these things. And then, that's it. Until next year. And what I'm going to talk about today is why every day is Easter. Why every day is Resurrection Sunday. Why every single step that we take in our lives is just what we celebrate on Easter. So look, there's power in the resurrection. How many believe that? Absolute, divine, supernatural, unbelievable power that raised Jesus from the dead, rolled back that stone right there, and he walked out alive. That's power that's never been demonstrated before or since. The word power occurs 57 times in the New Testament. It's used to describe many things in the New Testament, but 57 times it's used, and one of the times is specifically in a particular verse is what I want to talk about today. But the first thing I want to do is they, they just kind of set a, a framework here about the milestones on the timeline of history. History in terms of world history, United States history, I mean, our nation's only 240 years old in the overall scope of world history. That's not a long time. In the milestones and on the timeline of history, and there's a slide here, it's not, you can't really see it, but I showed you just a I was looking at this. There's so many timelines of history. There's art timelines. There's literature timelines. There's religious timelines. There's, there's timelines about the development of technology. There's a lot of historical timelines. And there are many, many mighty milestones and things that we all remember that we were taught in school and that everybody knows. Some are. One is about the Egyptian pharaohs. That is a marker, a, a period in history well before Christ 
time of Moses, as you know. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a period of history that's marked by the rule of the Egyptian pharaohs. Then there's Alexander the Great. By the way, there's so many of these, there's no way I could, I, we could be here for, you know, weeks talking about all the things in history. Alexander the Great, his, his conquering and his rule. Columbus. Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1490. I just want to know if you guys knew that. The Revolutionary War is another milestone. Now we're getting into more of like American history, but that's world history as well. Big milestone in the timeline of history. The Civil War. Think about our nation completely divided and actually fighting each other in a war. That's a milestone. So is World War II. World War II is a milestone. Again, so many things that we could talk about along the milestones in the timeline of history. But what I want to talk to you about today is power. Power that we have seen demonstrated that set its place on the timeline of history that actually divided time. That's B.C., before Christ, and A.D., which is uh, in the year of our Lord. In Latin, it's Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord. Now, I would say this to you. So some people, one time somebody said A.D., they thought that meant after the death of Christ, but it isn't. But here's the fact of the matter. If Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, he would not be on the milestone of the timeline of history, separating time. He would be another great teacher, philosopher. He would be a person that would be a personality on the stage of history. He would be remembered, but he would be Plato. He'd be Socrates. The difference between what Jesus did in his teaching and his ministry and what makes him the most significant event the most significant event in the timeline of history, separating time, as you see there, is because of the resurrection from the tomb. That's what made Jesus Christ the significant milestone in the timeline of history. That's what it is. The most significant event in the history of the world. So let me tell you something today. For everyone here, for young people, maybe particularly for whoever it is, the most important thing in this world is not wealth. It's not fame. It's not good looks, even though my wife tells me every day that that is a big thing. I'll say. Maybe I actually tell her every day. In fact, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Um, It's not about any of that. Here's what it's about. It's about a relationship and a decision that is made and experiencing the power of the resurrected Christ in your life. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's not about all the rest of that stuff. Don't think that it is for a minute. Don't think that it is for a minute. The Apostle Paul Wright wrote in Philippians 3.10 this. That I, now, he's nothing to think about the Apostle Paul. He's writing, that I may know him. Of course, we all want to know him, right? To know him, to get closer to him, to, to, to understand him, to, to commune with him. 
to be intimate with him. I, that I may know him. And in addition to that, he wants to know the power of his resurrection. Not that he was not the resurrection. He knew that. He was a believer. He believed that Christ came out of the grave and he was raised from the dead. What he wanted to know is what? Say that. The power. Say that word again with me. The power. You're going to hear it a lot today because it's real and it's necessary. It's necessary. In another letter Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, this. I pray, again, this is Paul, he's praying for the church at Ephesus. He's writing this in his letter. I pray that you will begin to understand. Begin. That means he's starting. I just want you to start to scratch the surface. Just begin to understand. Not fully understand. Not totally understand. Not have an incredible depth of knowledge. I pray that you will begin to understand. How incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. He's praying that we can just begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those. I want to ask two questions very quickly. You don't have to raise your hand, you can if you'd like. Those who believe him. How many people believe him here today? And if you don't, before you leave, let's make sure you do. How many people believe him and take him at his word? That what he says is true, that this is true. I believe. That's why they call us, what do they call us? Believers. We're believers. That's what he calls us. And he's called us to be believers. So how many believe? That's great. Now let me ask the next question. How many people need help? Now if every hand is not raised, I'm walking down there. Let me see. Not raise your hand. Come on. Now here's something I don't know. I can't promise you that I know that everyone in here is a believer. I hope you are. I pray that you are. I know you can be. I know you can be. But here's the here's the other question I absolutely know the answer to. Everybody in here needs help. I need it, you need it, Pastor Bill needs it, Sister Carolyn needs it, everybody needs help. We need help. But let me tell you what this says, what Paul's saying. He's praying that we'll begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to what? Help us who believe him. He goes on to say, and this is really important, man. This is something you're going to hear me say a lot today, too. It is that same mighty power. Say that with me in yellow. That same mighty power. The same. That means exactly the same. That means it's not any different. The same. That raised Christ from the dead and, in addition to, seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven. Now let me tell you why that's important. Because if it wasn't enough that the power of God was demonstrated through the power of the Holy Spirit coming down and just miraculously, supernaturally, taking a person who was dead in the flesh for three days and absolutely raised him from the dead, if 
also demonstrated his power when people, numerous, many people, observed him standing here on the earth and rising in ascension to the heavens. Now, how many times have you ever heard that happening in the timeline of history? Any? Hello? No. Not that I know. I know. Please see me later because I want to find out when it is. That somebody, any group of people witness somebody rising from the earth into heaven. That's power. The next time somebody's risen from the dead, that's not because the prayer of the righteous are upon them and hands are laid upon them and the miracle of God is demonstrated and somebody's raised from the dead. That can happen. That is happening in our world today, by the way. It can happen. But it, that's, but that's different than what I'm talking about. This is a person who was dead for three days. He was raised from the dead, spent 40 more days hanging around just to make sure he could prove it to everybody. Like Thomas. Like everybody else. Oh, well, yeah, I heard you raised from the dead. I never saw him. Well, there's a bunch of people that did, or this wouldn't be what we're doing today, folks. This wouldn't have lasted this long. This couldn't have survived this long if this wasn't real, this wasn't truth, this wasn't God. It's almighty. So what I'm saying is that same mighty power, say that with me again, that same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead and Paul says, and set, it, set him at the seat of honor at the right hand of Father God. That's, the, that's him ascending into heaven. He put him there. That's the power. That same power. Hmm. That's the power that's available to help us. That's what it says. Are you a believer? Do you believe today? Or is there some things you're not sure about? Well, I believe it. I believe Jesus saved me. I believe I'm going to go to heaven. Are you a believer? Do you believe that that same power lives in you? That's what Romans 10, 9 says. Look it up. I don't have a slide for that one. It says that power lives in me and in you. All we've got to do is accept him, walk in obedience with him, and that same power is available to us to deal with things here on earth. That's important. Paul uses a word, and when he's describing power, a Greek word called dunamis. I think I got a slide that I need to make. I probably should have made these bigger. I make my own slides, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll send it to you. But basically, it says this, dunamis. That's the Greek word for power that he used. And this, as it, in, in Strong's and in Thayer's Greek uh, dictionaries and lexicons, this is what it says. There's just different things that I highlight. They're miraculous power, power, strength, mighty, wonderful work, power for performing miracles. That was, the, that was the essence and the definition of that word that Paul used, dunamis. Okay? So now, let me tell you a quick story. Alfred Nobel. Anybody know who Alfred Nobel is? He's coming up. Alfred Nobel appeared. <laughs> okay, there he is. Alfred Nobel. How many know the Nobel Prize? Everybody, right? So Alfred Nobel was a chemist, inventor, engineer. He was held 355 patents. It says there he was the most known for, probably, the benefactor in founding the Nobel Prize. But he was also...
also most known in terms of an invention for inventing dynamite. Anybody know that? He invented dynamite. And so he had discovered this element, and when he realized that it was the most, up to that point in time, and and that point in history, it was the most powerful, most explosive element that had ever been discovered. And, of course, as we know, there were many, many uses for that, for mining, for, for building railroads, for doing all kinds of things that dynamite was used for. Tremendous invention that changed the way we, uh, that we operated in the world. So when he discovered this element, he was trying to find out from a friend of his what, would, how, how, what he could call it. Because he was trying to think of a name like, man, this is like the just explosive element. I've got to come up with a good name for it. So he asked a friend of his, reached out to him who was a Greek scholar. And this friend of his came back and said, based on what you've described to me, the best word you could use to describe this element is dunamis. Do you remember what that word is? That's the same word that Paul used for power. So what that is, really, and then actually he used that, became the root of the word, and ultimately became the, the label or the brand dynamite. So I look at that and I see that that's Paul saying, see, I guess the word power in the English language doesn't contain enough significance. Maybe that's what I'm saying. That the word that Paul used was explosive power, huge power, significant power. The power that takes the, the form of dynamite power. So how I'm thinking about that now, I'm just looking, thinking about myself walking along and the enemy's coming against me, he's attacking me, he's hitting me with things, he's hitting me with all kinds of difficulty, challenges, issues, whatever it might be, and I've got to go to battle. Do you go to battle? Do you go to battle every day? If you're not, you're getting beat. If you go to battle, you win, but you've got to fight. And see, I have to fight to keep myself right. And when I fight, I know I'm armed with not only put on the full armor of God, but I'm armed with power. And I'm armed with dynamite power. I'm armed with a power that if he wants to come against me with depression, if he wants to lie to me about my past, if he wants me to live in shame and guilt, guess what? I'm lighting a stick of that dynamite power and I'm lofting it right in there. Boom! Therefore, you are defeated. Dynamite power. Dunamis is what I got. Not because I'm doing anything. It's because he says in his word. What does he say? That same mighty power. as a result of that power, he can cancel our past. How many people have a past? How many people are proud of it? It's all right. Guess what? He can cancel it. He can cancel it. He does. See that right there, that big stamp? Boom. Canceled. Resurrection power can cancel every mistake, regret, sin, temptation, anything that's come our way, failures, lies, cheating, stealing, it doesn't matter. He can cancel it. And it's in the past. It's not in your future. Listen to what I said. It is in your past. It 
is not in your future. Don't dwell on the past. Don't let the enemy defeat you by shaming you and guilting you into things that you're feeling about your past. Because the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead and ascended him to the right hand of the Father is available to us today. And when we utilize it, that cancels everything and it puts it behind us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I told a couple of people when I came in here this morning I'm fired up. I'm fired up. And I'm not putting on a show, y'all. That's not it. This is because this is real. And I want to, I told Christina last night, I want to be somebody that preaches to me. I want the things, I want it to be real. See, preachers, pastors, leaders, they're no different than you. Huh? Come on. Do you believe that? They're in, they're in a, they've been appointed to a different position than you. They may have a different calling than you. But everyone here has a calling. Everyone has a calling. We, I've met many people in here who are fulfilling their calling in this church. And there's not anyone greater than another. Nobody's more important than another in the kingdom of God. We're all here serving the Lord, building the kingdom. We're all on equal ground. We also are on equal ground when it comes to having to walk it out and live it out every day. He doesn't not attack you because you're a preacher. Maybe he might attack you more. I don't know. Some people have said that's the case. Well, let me tell you this, that no matter what it is that is in your past, no matter what you struggle with, God's power and only his power is what allows you to cancel that out, to wipe that off the ledger, to zero out that ledger and put it behind you and be able to look at what is before you. That's God's power that does that. You know, some people, and maybe you're one of them, I've been one of them, I, and, and I may be again at some point, and I'll struggle with it and I'll overcome it. But there are some people who can't let go of the past. Have you ever felt like that? Maybe you're feeling like that today. It's okay if you are feeling like that today, because i got an answer for you. I don't. I have an answer I'm going to tell you about that he has for you. It's okay if you do. Because God's power can release that from you. He can cancel that. But don't allow the past to limit the present. I'm going to say that one more time. Don't allow, and I'm going to say don't allow the enemy. Don't allow the enemy to let you dwell in the past where it limits the present. Because that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to make you think and worry about all this shame and guilt and all the things that you've done that grace has covered, that God saved you, and that his power is available to you to live in the present and moving forward, and he wants to lie to you about that. Why? Because then you're not going to be everything God wants you to be. Some people just can't do it. I'm going to tell you, that same power, I'm going to say it again, that same mighty power, say that with me again, that same mighty power, okay, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead 2,000 years ago is available to every single one of you sitting in this place today, 
And what it can do is turn your strengths and weaknesses, turn those strengths and weaknesses, turn your weaknesses and failures, I'm sorry, into strengths and victories. I got my words crossed on you. Now think about that. Weaknesses that you have, and we all have them, failures that we've had, the power, that same mighty power that raised him from the dead, that seated him at the right hand of the Father, can turn all of that weakness, failure, into strengths and victories. See, I know about this because I had weaknesses. still have them too, but I'm saying a particular thing. I had a weakness, and it was a failure. I was, I was, I had a stronghold in my life that alcohol had taken over. I'm not ashamed of it. You know why? Because of the power of God. I'll tell you right now. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Because guess what? I'm not that way anymore. People say, well, you go to an AA meeting and you raise your hand and say, I'm an alcoholic. I'm not doing that because I'm not one. I'm delivered by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's me. That's me. And it could be you. It doesn't matter what it is. Strengths and weaknesses turn into marvelous victories. Weaknesses and failures. Keep going. Weaknesses in your life. Things that you've done. They turn into victories. Are you getting this? The power of God is real, and it's today. It's 2017. That's not something that happened 2,000 years ago, and don't thank God for it. That's not it. Don't let the past limit your present. Paul said in Colossians this. He said, Then God made you alive in Christ. We skipped a couple past the And God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. And then look what it says here. He canceled the record of the charges against us. He canceled it. He took it away by nailing it to the cross. And when he came out of that grave victorious over death, hell, and the enemy, when he rose to seek himself, a place of honor at the right hand of the Father, that same power is available to you today. Utilize it. Activate it. Put that in your spirit and make sure that you're believing that it's real. You've got to activate it. Walk in it. Live in it. I'm telling you, I'm not preaching to you guys. I'm preaching to me. This is something you have to do every day. It's not something you just arrive at and it's over. Okay? It's an ongoing thing. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to change us. He's not about condemning us. He's about changing us. And the way he changes us is through his, through his, that same mighty power. It's what the scripture says. So I'm going to just go skip a couple things. I do want to just share this one thing with you. A clean slate is possible. Don't let the enemy ever lie to you because he is the lion 
stone snake. And that's what he is, man. I can't stand him. He just he irritates me to the point of where I just I can't wait to have the opportunities to battle with him. Because I already know the outcome. I read the last chapter. I know who wins. Can we go back to the one before that? Ah! So look at that. How many ever had an extra sketch as a kid? Ever? Didn't you have fun with that? What I thought was so cool is when my sisters did this really cool drawing on there, they'd make all these things. they go, hey, look at what they did on sketch. And I'd grab it, I'd shake it. And it was gone. And they cried. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was me being a being older brother sometimes. But look, it's, put, put, your, put your challenge there. If it were me, I'd have to write a few more. Think about a whiteboard. I've got a big whiteboard up here, and I could just ask everybody, what are you struggling with today? Depression? Okay. Whatever it might be. It could be anything, folks. Lying, cheating, stealing. Name the Ten Commandments. Break them all. Write them up there. If that's what you're struggling with, if that's what you did, that's okay. Here's why. Because that same mighty power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that dynamite power can be launched right into that and exploded. And guess what? If it was on a whiteboard and you had an eraser, just picture all those words and all those things, and you're just going across it like this. And every one of them, and it turns out like if you're shaking the exoskeleton, it's clean. It's white. It's a new slate. You move on. You move forward. And you don't worry about the past. You don't let the past limit the present. So how did God do this as I close? How did God do this? How did he cancel our past? Well, he came fully man, fully God, born of a virgin, lived a life just like we do. Don't think. The Bible records, you know, many areas of uh, temptation of Jesus, a few areas. Do you think that was all that there was? There's a lot of quiet years between 12 and 30 that we really don't know a lot about. Let me tell you, some of the greatest temptations I had ever in my life were between 12 and 30. Amen? I'm, not, I'm just saying. Is that, I mean, is that not true? Well, don't think they didn't happen to him. He was a man. He was fully God, but he's fully man. He had to deal with it. He had to do it. But he knew he was there for a purpose. He knew that he was there for a reason. And as he went through his ministry and went through the, 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 the agonizing and terrible sacrifice that he made on the cross. One of the last things he said was this. He said, John 19.30, he said, It is finished. And when he said that, there's another Greek word that I want to share with you today. And it's tetelestai. This phrase, tetelestai, in Greek means pay in think about that. It means paid in full. It doesn't mean that I hold it over your head, you still owe me interest, you still owe me money, you still need to think about it. Now, how many people, when you pay your electric bill, do you think about it anymore? Or your phone bill, or any other thing. When you pay that bill, you're not worried about that one. You might be concerned or thinking about the next one that you have to pay. But guess what? The bill that you paid, do you ever think about that again? Why? Because when you pay it, it's paid in 
is paid in full. I don't worry about bills I've paid. And let me tell you, when he said it is finished, what the Greek said is that it's to telestai. Meaning paid in full. One of the definitions in the, it, and, and it goes in there, it says to pay. There's some other things I didn't put on the screen. One of the words that shows up in there is cancel. In the interpretation of that word. When merchants, it was, it's, historians have written that when merchants had a uh, debt document that you owed something, and when you paid it, you needed to have something to prove that you paid it. And what they would write on that document was, to tell us that. Paid in full. Paid in full. When you were in prison, when you got out, guess what? They wrote on your prison commuting document or your release document, to tell us that. Your debt to society has been paid in full. When Jesus said it is finished, what he was saying is, this, this purpose that I came to the earth for, it's finished. And that is true. But he was also saying that everything that's happened in this world before now and everything that is going to happen afterwards in terms of sin in our life is paid in full. And it's paid in full because he did that. And then what he did is he, through the power of the Holy Spirit, came out of the grave, ascended to heaven 40 days later, and showed us, demonstrated to us, proved to us that there is power, there is dunamis, there is dynamite power that we can use and live and work in our lives every day. And if you believe that the Word of God is active and relevant and inerrant and undeniable, and youth, I'm going to look at you right now because that's a lesson, if nothing else, that you need to put in your spirit and know that the Word of God's infallible. It is inerrant. It is the Word of God and it is true from cover to cover, all 66 books. It's true. And what it says is that same mighty power is available to us and it lives in us and if we activate it and if we work in it and if we live it and we ask God to help us utilize it, it's available for us to be victorious in the life that we live. We don't have to be defeated by sin. We don't have to be defeated by shame and guilt. We don't have to be defeated by the enemy. Because is dynamite in your hand. That's the kind of power that the Holy Spirit gives us today. So, let me just show you this last verse, this one thing, and just because of, I just feel today, and I don't know, depression is something that just is, is, is on my spirit today. There's people here battling depression. There may be one or there may be more, but you're battling it. But you know it. I'm saying the words right now, and the Holy Spirit is putting that in your heart that you're battling with that today. And depression can come from many, many things. I'm not a psychologist. I wouldn't be one to tell you about that, but I can tell you this. That there's deliverance from it. Through the power of God. And it doesn't matter what it is. If it's depression, if it's chains that need to be broken in your life where addiction's got a stronghold. I preach a whole sermon about strongholds, man. I love thoughts about those because I've experienced a lot of them. 
but I've also experienced coming out on the other side victorious because of the power of God. Not because of Billy Register, because of that same mighty power. I'm going to ask you to say it with me one more time. That same mighty power is what Paul wrote about. And this last thing he said, excited about what God's doing in this house. 
I'm excited about what God's doing in my life. Are you excited about what God's doing in your life? God can do great and marvelous things in your family. My mom shared earlier today about how a, a, prophet, a prophetic word came to her about about her about the prayers for their children. Don't don't give up. It's like my grandmother used to say: If you won't pray for your children, who will? Keep on praying. He's got the answer. He knows that word was spoken over this house today. Don't give up. I'm a living, breathing, walking testimony to not giving up. Don't give up on your children. Keep praying for your children because God's going to restore what the locusts have eaten. He's going to bring that into a miracle in your life. I say it to the Lord today. A miracle in your life in the lives of your children that's been spoken over this house today. Hallelujah. The power of God is real and active and is real in 2017. And I'm going to ask anybody here that's listening to me today, I know we've been a little long because of the service, and I apologize for that, but I want you to just bow your head for a moment. And I'm going to just ask anybody here, everybody I believe when I said you're a believer, but I don't think we can ever do anything and be fulfilling the call of God to not give people the opportunity to either accept Christ or to rededicate yourself to Him 